Welcome, everyone, to episode 19. It is the Fly Guys podcast. Justin Goodhart alongside Cameron Klein in the FGP studios, as Cameron likes to call them, otherwise known as the garage of Cameron Klein. Cameron, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. Today, it's not too hot. Not too. Maybe the sun's a little warm, but no humidity. My kind of day. I like it. I'm not doing too bad. I, I, I did some favors for my mom. I bought us a new garden hose. She likes the type that it extends out by itself, so oh, that yeah. way you don't have to worry about no tangling, yeah. no no. The book uh, stands. Yeah, yeah. It's actually called pocket hose. Oh, okay. That's the yeah. brand name, at yeah. least. So we, I got one of them, and I took the dog out to the park. He loved it. He mm. went swimming in the Delaware River, so he's probably very radioactive <laughs> right now. Yeah, a little bit. That's all right. That's all right. It is a uh, really. I mean, you you said it best. You know, it's not it sounds a little warm, but it's a beautiful Friday afternoon here in. Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Justin Goddard once again alongside with Cameron Klein. Cameron, on July 10th, it has been announced on July 10th, Justin Goodhart not only will be turning 24 years old, but NHL camps will be open. We have to talk about that. We have to talk about how close we are. We are getting there. Yeah. The playoffs are on the horizon. There's no hockey to be played yet, but come on. Stanley Cup playoffs coming this July to a theater near you. Maybe not near near you, but <laughs> near you. Maybe in your state, possibly somewhere in, somewhere your, state? in your state. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Every time there's a new, a, a new uh, news update, it, the the blood pressure starts to go up a little bit. Oh, yeah. in a good way, in a good way. But um, this is also a great sign for the fact that it means that everything is going on track and is going mm-hmm. pretty much according to plan. I mean, like they said, they said they wanted phase one to be started at the beginning of June. Phase one started earlier this week, just like they said they wanted phase two for the training camps to open up early july and that's what they're planning on doing so as of right now it's best case scenario mode so it's very good news more to, to talk about today elaine vino in a nhl tweet they were talking about who the jack adams trophy could go to this year you saw people like mike sullivan of course he's a candidate mm-hmm. john tortorella and also the philadelphia flyers own elaine vino who i think should be the recipient we'll talk more about that we also want to talk about the most forgotten Philadelphia Flyers in the last 20 years. Cameron was telling me his answer earlier. I think that it's actually quite a good answer. And we also did some background research on this guy's uh, illustrious past since yeah. his time with the Flyers had ended. Yeah. We also want to talk about who the most important Philadelphia Flyer is this season for the playoffs. And of course, when you can't, you can't talk about Flyers for this year without talking about the goaltender Carter Hart. Will he be ready for a Stanley Cup playoff run? His first ever in his young NHL career. So, Cameron, let's start off with the news from the NHL that camps will be opening up on July 10th. The NHL playoffs don't have an exactly a set date yet, but what we do know is that they are expected to start and that as long as everything you know, continues to go the way that things are going right now in the world, Phase 3 will open on July 10th, meaning that teams will finally be able to practice and get ready for the most exciting time of their lives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's again, we, we kind of talked about it at the beginning of the show. Um, it's extremely exciting, especially for a Flyers fan, because, again, they have nowhere to go but up. They could be the number one seed by the end of all this uh, going into the playoffs. So it's it's just a sign of normalcy that I think a lot of people are just really, really happy to see. It's really, really refreshing. Um, and also, like we talked about it before, when, when all this ended and we were figuratively and literally sometimes in tears over, over uh, sports being ended. Yo. Right, <laughs> and I didn't want to say the whole, there's a whole episode about yeah, it. You I, don't, yeah. you, I didn't want to. I didn't want to drop name, but yeah, uh, I think it's great to have this distraction again, especially with everything else going on in the world. Don't get me wrong; don't take that the wrong way. I think that 
there are problems that desperately need to be addressed, but it's just going to be a nice breath of fresh air. Sports unifies people. Sports brings Agreed. people together. Yeah. So you say like, oh, it's a nice distraction. I don't want anyone to take that the wrong way. No, 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 no. Sports brings people together. When the NBA comes back, there will be a group of people that can finally come together and watch as the Los Angeles Lakers will battle teams like the Houston Rockets and the Philadelphia 76ers will take on the Boston Celtics. But what can't be ignored is the fact that the NHL coming back will unify more people as well, especially in big hockey cities, Boston, Philadelphia, New York, uh, uh, Montreal, Toronto. So I think it's great for America especially to be getting sports back. And and it's not, you know, it's not as if it's not as if that, you know, this is like, oh, it is really back on. But well, here's what was said. Training camps for the 24 NHL teams resuming play will open on July 10th. The league and the NHL Players Association announced Thursday. This is coming from nhl.com. Phase 3 of the NHL return to play plan will occur provided that medical and safety conditions allow and the parties have reached an agreement on resuming play. The length of training camp and the start date for resumption of play, Phase 4, will be determined. So here's what all that means. Camps will begin on July 10th, provided everything is going to plan, which I'm going to hope that it does. Right. That does not mean... So there's no end date for camp, and there's no start date for the playoffs. But all we do know is that as time gets closer, it can be expected that those dates will be released for Phase 4. And I, again, I just, I love these names. Phase four. Right. Like, come on. Like, this is, we're in, we're in some real uh, uh, video game crap right now. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some future. Matt, we're in Mass Effect at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. I mean, some, some futurology here. Um, but yeah, I think, and again, I think that kind of, for me personally, that makes me a little bit nervous of just like, okay, well, we're going to get hockey, but it's like, oh, I don't really, we don't really know when. And it's not 100% guaranteed technically. And, but at the same time. Mr. Expect the worst. Right. Yeah. That is me. That is me. That's pretty accurate. Um, Mr. Worry. But. When this all started, when they announced that everything was going to be coming back, it's it's gone according to plan, and it's gone pretty quickly. I mean, it's already it's already June twelfth. We already had the first full week of non-contact training camp. Yep. For certain players, so yep. it, I, I think you know by the time July tenth rolls around, it's not going to be long, and it's going to be here before we even know it. Unfortunately, and it stinks. We can't exactly talk too too much about the training camps being open because again, the limited information that's out there. Right. Right. But you said it yourself. It, it feels like a return to normalcy is on mm-hmm. the horizon. We are less than a month away. It is already June 12th. I haven't figured out... Um, I haven't figured it out, like, you know, when to expect everything to kind of come back. But think about this for a second, Cameron. The Philadelphia Flyers could be in the playoffs at the same time as the Philadelphia 76ers, while the Philadelphia Philly season, if the, if the MLB figures things out, could be underway, right as the Philadelphia Eagles season is getting going. We could have... For all four major teams in critical points of their season by September. And think about like how great would that be to bring this city out of the rut that it had been in from this pandemic. From the sadness and the protests after George Floyd's death. To bring us all together for maybe the most exciting sports period in Philadelphia sports history going back to 1980. It, it's it's exciting. It also makes me a little nervous because it's... It's an overload, right? Oh, I think people it's an are overload. going to go crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, imagine all four Philadelphia teams crush it. Crush it. 
It's going to be mayhem on the streets. But it's not going to be people breaking things, right? It's just going to be celebratory. Put your masks stands. on if you go outside. It's going to be It's just going to be mayhem. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm super excited. I want all of it. Think I don't about care. It. Eagles, it start, Eagles start the season 3-0 and in September. The Flyers are in the Stanley Cup Finals. The Sixers are in the NBA Finals. The Phillies are in the postseason. And all the while, every incompletion from Carson Wentz is scrutinized. Every bad goal from Carter Hart is scrutinized. Every missed dunk from Ben Simmons is scrutinized. And you got to take the good with the bad. It's absolutely. all going to come back. It's all going to come back in Drew. Just give me Claude Giroux lifting a trophy over his head for the first time in his career. I mean, we right now are like sitting at Thanksgiving and dinner was supposed to be ready at 5 o'clock. <laughs> and it's 9 and o'clock. It's, it's midnight, okay? We're starving. And by the time the food comes, we're going to eat so much, we're probably going to die. And that's fine. We will die happy. So I'm ready. Or the trip to Fan will just knock us out. Oh, gosh. But you know what? It, it, it's it. People get excited because things are coming back. And I feel positive for the first time ever. And it's, and it's the warm weather and it's the sunny weather. Oh, yeah. And I've been yeah. up at the mountains. That's and helping, I, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Um, speaking of the NHL, awards will be given out. It can probably be assumed that Nicholas Dreisaitl will be the recipient <laughs> of the of the uh, 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 Hart Memorial Trophy. It's, got, it's kind of hard to argue, right? <laughs> I would say it's pretty hard. 50 goals, 55 assists. Yeah. It wasn't even April and he had done all that. Yeah, my man went off. I mean, he had a hell of a year. Awards are going to be given out. And that includes the ever-so-illustrious Jack Adams Trophy, mm-hmm. awarded to the best head coach of the NHL. You've seen great coaches like Mike Sullivan win it. Uh, uh, Dan Palsmo is a winner of the Jack Adams Trophy. Really? Yes, 2009. He won okay. the shiny Jack Adams okay. Trophy. Well, that makes sense, I guess. That's the one year that he didn't completely botch it. Every other thing he's done, he's botched. I was actually having a discussion with that today with a coworker where they weren't fully aware of hockey and they saw Mike Sullivan on there and they were asking about him and I was saying how he's actually a very good coach. And I was like, their previous coach, however did this thing where they would do really well in the regular season and then the postseason would come around he would completely change his game plan and they would just fall apart like so, they did in 2014 in the olympics i'm not mad though <laughs> no he's no no there's no there's no venom there from from cameron so since uh actually i was wrong it was 2011 that dan bosma won the jack adams trophy but okay, that makes a lot of sense but so <laughs> so since 2000 um i'll give you the winner since 2000 okay St. Louis Blues in 2000, head coach Joel Quenville won the Jack Adams Trophy. 2001, the last Philadelphia Flyers head coach to win it, Bill Barber, Mm -hmm. won it. Mm -hmm. Bill Barber was a I don't know why. I I, I was too young to remember, but I have no idea why things didn't work out for Bill Barber as head coach because he was phenomenal here. Mm -hmm. Bob Francis from the Phoenix Coyotes won it in 2002. Jacques Lemaire for the Minnesota Wild. I think that might be the only time a Minnesota Wild coach has ever won the Jack Adams. 2004, the great John Tortorella, my favorite head coach in all of hockey. Lindy Ruff for the Buffalo Sabres in 2006. There was no Jack Adams Trophy to be awarded in 2005 as there was a player strike. 2007, Vancouver Canucks, Elaine Vigneault winning the Jack Adams Trophy. Bruce Boudreaux of the Washington Capitals won it in 2008. Claude Julien for the Boston Bruins in 2009. Dave Tippett, the worst hockey name you'll ever hear, won it for the Phoenix Coyotes in 2010. Bosma for the Penguins in 11. Ken Hitchcock, former Philadelphia Flyers head coach, won mm-hmm. it for the Blues in 2012. Paul McLean for the Senators in 2013. Patrick Waugh in 2014 to the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, it was his one year. His one year. His one really good year his as head coach. Really yeah. Good, yeah. Bob Hartley for the Calgary Flames in 2015. And then you see, and then it really starts to become a very obvious thing. 
Barry Trotz in 2016, yeah. he had to get it. The, yeah. I think the Capitals had he's, won like 58 games that year. arguably my favorite coach in, in the league. He's very good. Johnny Tortorella in 2017 with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Gerard Gallant for the Vegas Golden mm-hmm. Knights in 2018. Mm-hmm. I think that was very well deserved. Yeah. And then most recently, Barry Trotz again with the New York Islanders. What he did for that Islanders team was incredible yeah. last year. I honestly thought they had a chance to go further once they had beaten Pittsburgh, but that kind of fizzled out uh, after round one. Mm-hmm. So this year, Cameron Klein. There are rumors. There are who could win it this year. Could it speculation? There is always yeah, speculation. A lot of it. And the trophy tracker. Right. Any eighteen NHL.com writers cast their vote at the end of the regular season. Points awarded on a five, four, three, two, and one basis. Dave Tippett gets thirty-two points from the NHL writers. John Tortorella with forty-four. Mike Sullivan with fifty-six. Elaine Vigneault with fifty-nine. Elaine Vigneault right now. If that were to be the way it is, would be the second time he ever wins it, and he'd be the first Philadelphia Flyers head coach since Bill Barber to win the Jack Adams Trophy. Cameron, should Elaine Vigneault be the Jack Adams Trophy Award recipient? Why not? 100%. Between him and Mike Sullivan, I, I have no issue. Here's the thing. I know that I, I know that you lick Mike Sullivan's boot. I, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a great coach, man. I gotta put... I, I didn't mean to make it sound like that, but I was just... I just... I, I wanted to use that no, quote. I don't care, dude, yeah. So... You love Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan's a great head coach, two-time Stanley Cup champion. I, say, I love him. Okay, I respect the guy. You, All right, you, you talk pretty highly of him. I do. Listen, we've admitted before that we do, our hatred for the Pittsburgh Penguins has nothing to do with our of, with the reputations of Sidney Crosby. No, yeah, maybe a little bit with Evgeny Malkin, but well, I mean, he, he's when a, you swing your two stick by around four. like a yeah, like an axe, yeah, um, you tend to. But make Mike some Sullivan has always gained your respect, and he's gained yeah. my respect because a lot of people thought that the Penguin success was based on Dan Balsma, and Mike Sullivan almost immediately disproved that with what he's done since. If yes. anything, yeah. they pr- he proved that the Penguins were not succeeding because of Dan Balsma. One hundred percent, and I one hundred percent agree with that. I mean, when when they fired Dan Balsma, I thought it was one of the smartest moves they could have made. I thought they were wasting potential with yep. guys like of Evgeny Malkin and and Sidney Crosby with a guy like Dan Balsma. Absolutely wasting potential. But here's why I don't think Mike Sullivan should win it okay. in the first half of the season no question about it that penguins team was rocking and roaring they were fantastic and it looked like it was going to be another great cup run i had predicted them to be in a slump i had predicted them to me too be on the downside of things yeah mike sullivan being the coach that he is made sure that did not happen as the team the team get a, gets a little hurt they continue to win but as they got healthier in the second half of the season it felt like their play was declining and i think that because of that he should not be the recipient this year when you look at Elaine Vigneault, look at what he took over for. Oh, yeah. Youth was not putting out what they could be putting out. The veterans were not being held accountable under the Dave Haxtell era. He comes in, and in his first season, he turns the Philadelphia Flyers into a cup contender. He turns the Philadelphia Flyers back into the team that has that they've always been, a perennial playoff threat and a cup contender. If I were to tell you this year, if, if it had been March— and I told you the Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup Finals. You would have said to me, "I can believe it," because oh, yeah. of the way that they were playing. We were saying that. We, we were, were saying set, that. We were we were getting the parade ready. Yeah. And because of that, because of what he's done, and the way that he coaches, and it's so obvious that the way that he coaches, he got he has those players relaxed. He coaches in a fun style. He 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 holds veterans accountable. No question in my mind, Elaine Vigneault is should be your Jack Adams Trophy winner, and anyone else that gets it. Maybe other than Tortsy, it would blow my mind out of the water why they would get it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, between Mike Sullivan and John Tortorella, those are the only other two guys I could see maybe getting it. And again, I agree with you. I think I think AV deserves it way yep. more. Um, but yeah, to me, 
Mike Sullivan and John Tortorella, the reason why I could see them getting it is because they've dealt with a lot of injuries, and yet mm-hmm. they still remain relevant. They still have persevered, especially Mike Sullivan. I mean, he lost core pieces of his team and still remained successful. But I agree with you 100%. Elaine Vigneault came in. Were there some off-season acquisitions that happened that changed the, tre- changed the team? Yes. Kevin Hayes. Well, I mean, that, that's an Elaine Vigneault acquisition. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, but even beyond that, I'm saying say you don't get those guys, right? With the same core group of players, Elaine Vigneault has made it go from night to day. I mean, he, Jake he, Borchuk is better to watch now. Absolutely. Absolutely he is. He's. I, I'm less frustrated with him. Um, and, and again, some of my frustrations aren't always fair with Jake Voracek. Sometimes I just feel like he does, he tries to do a little bit too much with the puck. I think sometimes he tries to put a little bit of too much pressure on himself to, mm-hmm. to get the job done and get some flashy goals in and whatnot. Sometimes he just passes too much. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think he tries to go for the hard play and when they work, they work beautifully, but sometimes they don't always work and they're not always necessary, but that's all besides the point. My point is, is that Elaine Vigneault with the same core group of players has made me as a fan, not that I didn't love hockey. You love it more now. It's more fun. It is more fun. It's more fun to be how, a Philadelphia Flyers Cameron, fan. how many times in the last five years were you saying at 7 o'clock, gotta put on the Flyers game, gotta put on the Flyers exactly. game? This Not year, often. they were must-see TV. I would put it on because I felt like I'm a Flyers fan, so I need to yes. I need to watch this because I need to be there. But but like you, I agree with you completely. This year, when I knew the Flyers were playing at 7 o'clock, at three, o'clock the seats. The, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'd be thinking to myself, okay, I'm getting excited now. That's how I felt. I'm getting excited now for this game. And that's how it's been all, all season. I texted you at the beginning of the season. It was maybe a week or two into the regular season. And I said that the, the Philadelphia Flyers hockey is fun again. And it has not been fun like this. It had a brief moment in 2013-14 for me where there was a little bit of fun. Um, but before that, it was the 2012 season. Since the 2012 season, I have not had fun like this watching this team. Oh, yeah. And I, I credit that almost 100% to Elaine Vigneault, maybe a little bit to, to Kevin Hayes because he's, you know, he's the most, hilarious. Yeah, but, he is yeah. fun. I think that, I mean, there's the, the game that changed, or the game that solidified to me where they were must see TV every night for every fan was the second game against Washington. Yep. I knew you were going to say it. And the reason I say that was because, again, they went into Washington. I think they were five or three or five points removed from first place. Mm -hmm. But everyone knew it was a big game. And I think there were a lot of Philly fans at the time that kind of expected Washington to win, even though we had beaten them a couple about a month earlier, seven to two. Large reason for them feeling that way is they were accustomed to the old Flyers, the pre-AV Flyers. Yes. Go on. They go into that game. They fall behind one nothing early. I think I texted you. I texted someone. I said... As expected. Yeah. The Caps are... Because, again, we yep. we had really thrown a huge hooker at the Caps a month earlier. And I knew they're going to throw everything they've mm-hmm. got at the mm-hmm. Flyers team. Yeah, I remember this game very, very very vividly. They tied... When the Flyers tied the game, I, at that moment, I knew they have this game. Yeah. Because this is what they had done all year. They fall behind in a game. They don't allow themselves to become beat like they would have three years ago. Dave they Axel. stick with mm-hmm. it. And they end up tying the game, and then it, it, the, the momentum starts to switch, and then they end up going on a bit of a run themselves. And that's exactly what happened this game. When they won this game, I said, this team is as real as they've ever been in my time watching them. They are a fun team. You said it best. The reason why that they've had this turnaround, 99% Elaine Vigneault. And thanks to him, 
we have a chance to win a Stanley Cup Finals. And I think another thing about him is that he's able to recognize talent even in the young players, right? Dave Hextall, we 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 didn't see Carter Hart, and granted that a lot of that was was Hextall, but we we didn't see a lot of ice time for Travis Konechny, Nolan Patrick, a lot of these young guys who we drafted, who Flyers fans are dying to see, have been dying to see yep. and, and play. They just weren't giving giving the time to develop and weren't giving the time to play. And I get it. I get that they want them to develop in the AHL. They don't want to rush guys. They don't want to ruin guys. But AV, I think, has the skill to, to see these players, see that they have the skill to be up at this level where they don't have to be rushed and they can still compete and develop at a, at a, at a solid pace. And again, we've seen that. We, we've seen Travis Konechny has burst onto the scene. Now, don't get me wrong. He's, he's had a solid last couple of seasons. But this season, he is the guy. Travis, he led the team in points. You go to these games now to see Travis Konechny play. And to see him chirp, too. But uh, I, I'm very happy. Um, I'm not surprised by looking at this chart that you sent me earlier with, with AV being at the top. I will not be surprised at all if he gets it. I will be disappointed if he doesn't. Um, but I said it before. I'll say it again. I'll say it at the end of the season. He turned this culture completely around there's a new culture in that locker room because of him and for that he should get the jack adams trophy i agree so as we move across uh i want to talk about i've been doing a lot of highlight watching a lot of highlight watching it's all you can do it's all you can do yeah it's all you can do a lot of playoff watching yeah the 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 stanley cup final was on csn the other day oh and i made sure not to watch it I, i i watched it i didn't care i suffered through it i gotta feel something even if it's pain haven't (laughs) have not watched that Goal, but I tell you what, you know what I? If I was going to put it yeah, on, you know, yeah. if I was going to put it on, the only reason I would have wanted to watch is I just wanted to see one more time Jeff Carter get that wide open look and put it right in the gut of Anthony. You, you really, I really wish you were there with me, and my girlfriend, watching that game because every time he skated by and I saw him, I just yeah, I I just immediately was just uh, I I I don't care, I don't like him. Okay, I don't like him. I don't like him either. You know, it's funny. I think, who the hell was it? Might have been Nate Palace. Probably wasn't. So sorry for throwing you under the bus, Nate. But some, one of my friends, I think it was Nate, said, <laughs> sorry, Nate, that it wasn't that easy of a shot. It really wasn't as wide open as I'm making it out to be, which I'm, gonna, I'm just going to break the, the play down. Anthony Niemi is flopping like a marlin on a boat. And Just you Je- saying that, my gloves are shaking right and, now. And right. Jeff Carter, a man who was getting paid millions of dollars, the clear-cut number two scorer on the Flyers mm-hmm. behind Mike Richards, has the puck on his stick. He's, the, his stick isn't being interfered with. He's got the look. He is set. He fires right into the gut of Antony Emi. Game tied, 3-3. There was 149 to go in the game. We never get another scoring opportunity like that again. So whoever said it, Nate, if it was you, this is to you. If it was to anyone else, it's to you. For you to tell me that it wasn't that wide open of a shot, you're just simply wrong. And the reason why you're wrong is because you don't watch hockey the way that I do. <laughs> and because the reason why you're wrong is because you have some sort of attachment to, to Jeff Carter. Why? I don't know. He did win the, the Calder Cup Finals with the Philadelphia Phantoms in 2005. I sent you that photo of Mike Richards looking yeah. at the Calder Cup. Crazy photo. Yeah, if you haven't is. seen it, crazy It photo. looks fake almost. It, it, it really, really does. does. But the other the, the aspect is, it was a wide open look. It was as wide open. And there's no other guy I would have wanted taken that shot. Here's here's my thing. It's wide open net. I get it. Sometimes, sometimes it just it gets away from you. Sometimes you just make the wrong move. Sometimes S happens, right? 
Here's my counter to you. It's the finals. It's the That's Stanley it. Cup finals. It's not the quarterfinals. This is the reason you play. So I don't know what else to tell you. I am I'm angry and I'm not gonna not be angry. That's it. It's the Stanley Cup finals. It's game six. You're down three to two. You score that goal. You have put the series back in Chicago for a game seven in what was one of the most heavily contested finals we had seen in a while. Don't get me wrong, I think Jeff Carter is a good hockey player. I don't he's think he's a, a bad hockey player, I, but I think he's I think he's overrated. Number one, yes, he's definitely overrated. Um, number two, I don't understand why certain Philadelphia Flyer fans love him. I don't understand why there was a big talk about him coming back this because season. they're attached because they remember those 2008, 2009, 2010 teams. That's the problem. That's the problem with Philadelphia sports fans. Sometimes you remember their greatest moments. You don't remember all the moments where they weren't great. You remember the 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 season Nick Foles had had the best touchdown to interception ratio. You don't remember the seasons where he was benched. You don't remember the seasons where he was shipped off to St. Louis or to St. Louis and then shipped to Kansas City and then all over the league before finally coming back on the bench. And you Sorry. know what? It goes more than that. I mean, people people in Philadelphia they'll tell you all about how great Eric Lindros was, and I'm about to commit a Philadelphia sin. Eric Lindros, <laughs> he's not in my top 20. For the greatest Philadelphia athletes ever? No, he's not. Oh, for Philadelphia athletes. I thought you were going to say, like, No, flyer, as a flyer, flyers. he probably is. Yeah. He's probably, like... Flyers, you have he's to. He's probably, like, yeah. 15 or 16. Here's here's my yeah. issue with Eric Lindros. If he wasn't Lindros. injured, he'd be... Yes, I yeah. understand that, and that's why yeah. I have to dock him. Sure. Because there's another player on those yeah. teams that was better, that scored more than he did, that did more for the Flyers than he did, and that guy's name is John LeClaire. No one talks about John. Mm-hmm. There's so many forgotten flyers out there, Cameron. So M- Michael Renberg. No one remembers who the third guy yeah. on the Legion of Doom line was. You had guys like Michael. Hell, Mark Recchi. Mark Recchi was a great Philadelphia flyer. Yeah. Hey, you know who's another guy that I don't think people remember, but it's really great? Mm-hmm. You remember, remember a guy named Eric Desjardins? He was a great defenseman. You think people don't remember him? I remember him. People, people forget him. I mean, granted, people he, forget Sammy Kapanen. He was one of my favorite yeah, flyers. He was a good one too. I mean, Derek Desjardins again. He he didn't spend majority of his career in Philadelphia. He was kind of all over the place. Um, he might have spent more years in Philadelphia than anywhere else, but it wasn't like he spent his entire career there. So I got I, I eleven years guess. in Philadelphia, seven years in Montreal. Okay, yeah. What, do you remember a guy named Darian Hatcher? Oh yeah, Darian Hatcher. He played a lot with. The Dow- I think he won a cup with the Dallas Stars mm-hmm. in the early part of his career. The point is, is that there are guys that are heavily forgotten in Philadelphia history, and I think it's unfair because there are some great names out there. There are some bad names as well. Oh yeah, like for one, if you tell me the name Chris Vandevelde, I'm uh, Evgeny Medvedev, not a great name. Yeah, uh, Yuri Laterra. Oh dude, he. I mean. He was kind of awesome, though, right? Because he was, I mean, kind of a criminal. I mean, a fugitive. I guess that's what you wanted of your Philadelphia Flyers players. He was hiding out over here playing hockey, saying, I can't can't come to get arrested because I'm playing for a team that's not going to make the playoffs. Christopher Stig's a forgotten Philadelphia Flyer. No, Christopher Stig's a very frustrating Philadelphia Flyer. You know what's interesting? Another one, too, that a lot of people, again, not that they forget, but they don't think of. Patrick Sharp. Patrick Another Sharp. One. That was a guy that I wanted the Flyers to bring back yeah. so badly when he became a free agent. Mm-hmm. Instead, he goes to the Dallas Stars and he continued to do his thing. He was a great fan of... Yeah. He, he could have been a great Flyer. In in the game we were watching, I just mentioned the other day we were watching, I think it was Game 2 of the 2010 Stanley Cup Final. He, I believe, either scored a goal or was involved in a scoring play of some sort. I, I don't quite he, remember, but... Patrick Sharp was a good-looking man oh, and a was. better player. Yeah, he, he Chiseled was... Chiseled jawline. He was one of like the hockey players that's actually like a good-looking guy. 
It's it's <laughs> rare. You know, but Brian yeah. Boucher too. You ever see what Brian yeah. Boucher looks like? Not bad. Not not bad. We're not here to rate players player. though. No, but yeah, when he sc- scored, Patrick Sharper was involved in the scoring play. I remember saying to my girlfriend, I was like, I remember back then. I thought to myself, we should not have gotten rid of him. And she was like, he was a flyer? And I was like, oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. We drafted him. He was, yeah. He scored, he scored two goals in the 2004 Stanley Cup playoffs for the Flyers. Mm-hmm. I believe both of those goals came against the New Jersey Devils. Justin, going back to referencing the 04 Philadelphia Flyers, who'd thunk? But there are, like, you know, as I think more about Forgotten Flyers, here's a qu- trivia question that all of you, I want all of you to pause after I ask this question. Think about it for a few seconds and then make your guess. Who was the Philadelphia Flyers captain for the 2008 season? So go ahead. Think about that for a second. It was Jason Smith. Jason Smith was the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers in 2008, and no one remembers it. Do you know why no one remembers it? Because he wasn't a flashy captain. He scored one goal. He had nine assists that year. I don't even... Hell, I don't even remember how many games he played. I have his numbers. He played 77 games and had one goal, and he was your captain. Well, there's a reason they say that your best player doesn't necessarily have to be your captain. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a leadership thing. It's always been a leadership thing. Well, this was, as I was telling you, this was the transition period between Peter Forsberg yeah. and Mike Richards. After that year, Mike Richards became the captain. And, you know, it's a credit to Mike Richards. He was a fine captain. But, Cameron, there was a player that you mentioned that I have very good memories of, but I think a lot of people would forget. Yeah. Nikolai Zherdev. First, When you texted me and said this was going to be one of the topics— he was the first person that popped in mind. The 93 before Voracek. That's, that's how I view him. The 93 that's before That's how Voracek. I viewed him. Um, Nicholas Zerdev, he played one season for the Flyers. 2010, 20, or 20, yeah, 2010, 2011. Uh, he played 56 games, had 16 goals, 6 assists for 22 points. Not bad. Now, I remember watching him, and I remember being excited. I liked him. I liked Zerdev. But we found out he didn't, obviously, continue to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. And there is a rumor, there's a rumor that was going around that Peter Laviolette was not a fan of him. Felt that he was a little bit of a, a selfish player at times. Uh, he thought he had a little of a, a quote-unquote lackadaisical effort. You know, I'm quoting Wikipedia, so, you know, sue me. Um, but here's where things get interesting, right? Oh, people, you're going to love this. So, my man Zerdev, uh, he doesn't get signed again by the Philadelphia Flyers. So, he goes back to the KHL. Now, I think this is his third stint in the KHL. Yeah, his third stint in the KHL at this point. Now, he gets signed to a team called uh, Atlant Moscow Oblast. I don't, I, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, but he plays 39 games, 37 points. Not bad. He gets traded to AK Bars Kazan. Again, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing that or not saying it correctly. I, I don't know how to say these ho- these Russian hockey teams. Um, <laughs> however, so he signs a one-year deal with Lev Praha. Again, excuse me. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but then it turns out that he uh, is celebrating at, at some hotel and then ends up initiating a bar brawl at this hotel. <laughs> This same night, leaving this bar brawl, he crashes his Bentley Continental GT, resulting in $30,000 worth of damage. Um, and then the hotel staff also claimed that he spent nights there, various nights, with various women. Uh, and his wife would come around, not happy. It ultimately led to a divorce. Um, he then had issues with his passport, which then had issues with him being able to have a training camp in Finland. He was then not signed to that team that he was originally on because he couldn't re- resolve the training camp. He then signed to the team called Spartak Moscow. Uh, he did not score a single goal in 16 games. He was then released, and now he's just been kind of floating around the KHL. You know what's crazy? In 2008-2009, the last season he played in the NHL before joining Philadelphia in 2010-2011, 
you know, this was a guy that had 23 goals and 35 assists mm-hmm. in 82 games. You know, 58 points in 82. So that like that screams second liner to me. Yeah, you know? he was he was a 2004, 2000, uh, 2003, 2004 young stars. He played in the NHL young stars game. He was ninth in Calder voting. Mm-hmm. So you know that that is absolutely a forgotten flyer. I you know there are so, like Blair Betts even was a fil- forgotten Philadelphia flyer. Blair Betts was solid though. He's a solid mm-hmm. you know bottom six guy. Daryl Powell was a Philadelphia flyer in 2008. Yeah. And I know and people mm-hmm. really remember him. Um, Jim Dowd, that's a name that people probably don't remember. They probably would associate him with the New Jersey Devils. But I see that, you know, oh my gosh, Jody Shelley was a Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Oscars Bartulis. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always cool to go back and look at those forgotten flyers because sometimes you bring back some pretty cool memories and other times you bring back some pretty horrific memories. Now, this is one that's not, I'm sure most Flyers fans remember him, but it's one that I, I, I don't know. I don't really know what happened to him. Matt Carl. Well, it's kind of it's an interesting thing with Matt Carl. He, I think he was a very underappreciated player in Philadelphia. I agree. Yeah. He people really did not like his defense in Philadelphia. They didn't think that he was that good. People forget in 2010 he was probably one of the more important Philadelphia Flyers on the ice. And when Carl came to Philadelphia, he came his first season here was in 2008-2009, and. I think people thought he was going to be an offensive defenseman, and he really wasn't that. He was a, he was more of a defensive defenseman. Uh, he could mm-hmm. be a two-way player if you needed him to. But his 2010-2011 season was probably one of the best that he had ever had as a player. Mm-hmm. He had one goal, but he had 39 assists. Yeah. That's a big deal. He had a plus-minus of 30 that year. Yeah. That was a good Philadelphia Flyers team, and Matt Carl was a good piece for that Flyers team. And people forget, in 2010-2011, Chris Pronger was battling many injuries. Mm -hmm. So they needed players to step up. So Braden Coburn stepped up. Matt Carl stepped up. That's where Kimo Tiemann really started to kind of come into his own as a Flyer. So I think that Matt Carl gets kind of an unfair rep. It's also worth mentioning that in the three complete seasons he played as a Philadelphia Flyer, he missed two games. Talk about an Iron Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, like I, I loved him when he was on the fly. Like I did not hate him. I thought he was a solid defenseman. He, a lot of people don't really know too. When he first came in, and uh, they first also traded for Chris Pronger in two thousand nine, they had great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. And they, they, Pronger was a big reason why Matt Carl developed so well so quickly. Was because immediately they were paired together, and just took off. They had great chemistry together. So I, I yeah, I always liked Matt Carl. I, that's I guess the reason why I brought him up is because I feel like he's a guy who. You put it best. He was a guy who is underappreciated, and I just want to give the guy some appreciation. Absolutely. You know what I forgot? Lucas Spiza was a Philadelphia Flyer. I totally forgot. Very briefly. Yeah. Very briefly. Yeah. He he actually turned out to uh, be quite a quite a decent player. You know, across the NHL, he had one season yeah. in Philadelphia. He's best known for being. I think he's best known for probably being a Vancouver Canuck. That's where I at least yes. remember him. Yeah. But yep. he played most of his years with the Anaheim uh, Ducks. Yep. He played this recently. He played with the Winnipeg Jets. So. You got a forgotten Philadelphia Flyer? Be sure to tweet at one of us. Maybe you want to talk about Peter Nedved. Maybe you want to talk about I don't know. Maybe you want to talk about Michael Layton, who was you know some people forget he was the key part in that 2010 Stanley Cup run. Or maybe you have one that we haven't even thought of that you want to throw our way. I'm, at, just, I'm sure there's plenty. Yeah, at Cameron Klein 15, and for me it's at Goodheart Justin. Um, but we got to also talk about you know Cameron. We're talking a lot about Flyers of the past. We got to worry about Flyers of the future. Yeah, Flyers of the present. Who the most important flyer is to this team heading into the playoffs is a tough question because there's so it many. Is. So my question that I propose to you is: Who is the most important flyer for the playoffs? So I, I have two 
that have popped up. Um, I'm leaving goaltenders out of it for just this part. I also have. Uh, because goaltenders, I feel like they're important no matter what. Because that's, that's, that's If your goalie backbone. stinks, you're not going to last. Exactly. I mean, when you look at the, the Stanley Cup winning teams, they've always had a great goaltender. I mean, Brayden Holpe. Uh, you, you have, um, um, what's his name, from, from St. Louis last year? And, um, Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington, thank you. Um, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury for, for Vegas. I know he didn't win it, but he brought them to it. Um, Jonathan Quick. I Corey mean, Crawford. Exactly. These are, uh, exactly. The list goes on. So I kept it to just the skaters for now. Um, and I had two that popped up for me personally. Number one, Claude Giroux. And the main reason, he's the captain. He's the guy who, who has, to, has to set the tone for the team. Um, the other thing, too, is I think he really wants and needs to get the monkey off his back for playoff hockey. In 2010-2011, he led the season or led, led the postseason in points for the Philadelphia Flyers. He did great in 2011-2012. We all remember the shift where he flattens Crosby, puts him on his ass, and then scores not even 30 seconds later. Absolutely incredible. But recently, he hasn't been doing the greatest in the postseason. Now, granted, the team hasn't been very good, so you can't entirely blame the guy. But he is my first guy, I think, to myself. He's got to lead the way for the team. Um, my next one is Matt Niskanen. And the biggest reason there is his experience. He's the only guy here, or one of the only, one of the few guys here who's won a Stanley Cup, who's, who's been a part of multiple Stanley Cup teams, multiple teams that have made runs, made deep playoff runs. I mean, he's been with Pittsburgh. He's been with Washington. And we hate both those teams. Why do we hate them? They're our rivals, number one, and they're good. They've been good recently, in recent years. He's been a part of both of those franchises during the times where we hated them the most because they've been kicking our ass. So Matt Niskanen, to me, is another guy who a lot of players on the team are going to look to him for guidance and for leadership going into the playoffs. Make a compelling argument. I, you know, I don't think any answer is the wrong answer. Those are just the well. If I were to say Tyler Pitlick, I think that's the wrong answer. Well, that, yeah, that, fair <laughs> enough. Um, and then there's another. I do also Travis Konecny pops in my mind just because he's a leading goal scorer or a leading scorer on the team. Um, so I think he's going to need to also step up a little bit. But I, I feel like playoff hockey is something that he has been just just starving for. Oh, I this you know, season Travis Konecny was made for the playoffs. Exactly, exactly. He was so, made for Mike Up. Firstly, hundred percent. So, my answer, I have one answer for this. When I look back at how this team did this past season, I think about their, their strengths, and I thought their biggest strength was, was uh, penalty kill. I thought that mm-hmm. they were extremely good on penalty kill. The best penalty killer in the NHL wears number 13 for the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hayes has had so much playoff experience. He has been mm-hmm. to a cup. Mm-hmm. He has been to the playoffs many times. He's made deep playoff runs with teams like the Rangers and the Winnipeg Jets. If you get a good Kevin Hayes you have an opportunity to go deep into the playoffs. He, for me, is my number one guy. Claude Giroux is absolutely important. And, I, and as I look at his numbers, and I look at how you mentioned how he has not performed as well, in his first five playoff appearances, he had 23 goals and he had 38 assists in his first five playoff trips. Right. So that's, that's 61. That's, that's pretty good. That's, yeah, very. Since then, he's had four. Right. One assist against the Capitals in the 2015-2016 playoffs, and then he had one goal and two assists in the six-game series against the Penguins. So he needs to be better. I agree yeah. with you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, granted, too, those were only one series playoff runs. It's true. Um, but but no, I and but I, here's the I thing. I agree with you. Yeah. If Claude Drew's on his game, the Flyers are going to be. Uh, they're going to probably move on. In, exactly. In the exactly. But Kevin Hayes was the best penalty killer all year. 
Kevin Hayes is the energy that the Philadelphia Flyers mm-hmm. need for their team. And we can talk about Travis Konecki being the chirper that he is. And he is the leading scorer on the team. And that shouldn't be discredited. We could talk about Claude Giroux. We could talk about Ivan Provorov, who is probably has to be their best defenseman. I'm, I love I'm, the I love the Matt Niskanen answer, by the way. I yeah. think that's such a good answer. But another other person who I'm almost shaming myself for because he didn't pop in my head immediately, Sean Couturier. Oh yeah, I mean he's the, he's, the he's a probable selkie, yeah, finalist. So he's another guy who I mean, granted, they all need to step up because the playoffs are a time where every single player needs to step up and go beyond what their potential is, right? Um, but. But yeah, we could go on the list. The list just goes on of all these guys. But he's another guy who's young, who's possibly a future leader, like Ivan Provorov. I think that's a really good answer too. Um, but again, I I don't think there's any wrong answer. But but to add a little bit more fire to your Kevin Hayes answer, right? When he was a free agent this season, he's looking for a big payday, right? He's but he's let's think about why. He feels that he has the skills, and he feels that he has the hockey IQ to back up a big payday. He's going to want to back this up. He's. Essentially, during this offseason, he was looking for the team that he's going to spend the rest of the majority of his career with. At least the rest of his prime. Remember, he's still only 27 years old. Exactly. So when you're thinking about, okay, where do I want to go long term? If you're going to go somewhere long term, clearly you're expecting to win what you're going there for. The Stanley Cup, right? I think that aspect is going to make him want to play so much harder and want to do so much more. And I think that so far this season, he showed everybody, every doubter, every hater who said it was a dumb contract, that he deserves that money. Yes. And I think he's going to prove that again this year. The, 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 the running joke was that Kevin Hayes, before he came to Philadelphia, said, I'll sign with the Flyers if they overpay me. Well, they probably right. did overpay him. But yeah. here's the thing. Kevin Hayes has earned that contract so far. He has looked great. He has been everything the Flyers could have hoped for yeah. and more. Because we didn't think that when Kevin Hayes got here, I didn't think we were getting this jokester, lighthearted, just real great team player. I didn't think that we were getting that. I thought we were right. just getting another good hockey player. That's what that that was icing on the cake for me. Yeah. And then, you know, he had some big goals too. We can talk about the Columbus goal. But he also had yeah. a big goal against the New York Rangers on the day before Christmas Eve. He has had he had a big shorthanded goal against the Washington Capitals that has helped us as the reason why we're three and one against the Capitals this year. Kevin Hayes for me, most important flyer going into the playoffs. But you know what? You mentioned goalies. And we got to talk about the goalie. Yeah. Because yeah. the goalie is going into his first ever Stanley Cup playoff appearance. And quite frankly, I'm a little scared. Uh, and I have some numbers that are probably aren't going to help you. Oh, boy. So we look at Carter Hart, right? Now, in this, uh, a big reason why we're going to talk about this is because there's not going to be any home ice advantage. Granted, there's not going to be any, I guess, away ice disadvantage because you're not really going to be playing in front of uh, the other team's hometown. Cr- it's all Switzerland. Either. It's all neutral. Exactly. So we don't really know what Carter Hart we're going to see. And what makes me nervous is when you look at his home and away home and away games. Now, granted, I, I've heard some people talk that it's not that big of a deal, blah, 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 whatever. His home games, right? He has 20 wins and three losses, two OT losses so far this season at home with a 9-4-3 save percentage. Solid numbers. Great numbers. Away, he has four wins, ten losses, one OT loss, and an 8.57 save percentage. With a 3.81 GAA, I see. Well, look, his road struggles were heavily documented as the season went along. And he kind of got the monkey off his back a little bit with that mm-hmm. win against Washington yeah. as the season was, unfortunately, little, you know, winding down. Right. But the, the question... that's not really the reason why I'm nervous. 
Okay. Because I think that any goalie, you figure out that stuff. You know, you eventually just yeah. want to not be, you know, jittered by that. My concern is the bright lights of the Stanley Cup playoffs are on you. You know, people can talk about how, oh, it means, you know, it's, it's just any other game. It's any other game. No, it's not. No. And players are supposed to treat it as if it's any other game because it helps them kind of, you know, maybe de-stress a little bit, take a little bit of the pressure off. But that does not take away the significance of the situation. No. Carter Hart... And I don't. And I wish I had done the research into this before we started talking about this. Players entering their first ever Stanley Cup playoffs, unless you you're one of them all timers, you're typically going to have your rust and your your little hiccups along the way. In a situation like this, where not many teams are having the opportunity to to get cohesion back before being just thrown into a set, you know possible seven game series, if your goalie's not good, that really puts you at a tough disadvantage. You know, even going forward. And I don't know how he's going to do. And, I, that's, and that's why I don't want to say anything. That's, to me, the biggest thing. Is I the, just which don't Carter know. Which Carter Hart are we going to see? Now, if there was a home ice advantage, if we were playing at home in a way, I would feel more, I don't know if I would say more confident, but I, I feel like I, I would know what to expect more. If we were going into a game and we were the higher seed, we had home ice advantage, I would feel more confident because I think to myself, okay, we're going to be playing more games at home. Carter plays better at home. I'm going to feel a little bit more confident. But with this, we don't know. It's completely unknown. Now, I just want to point out, Cameron and I are not trying to bash Carter Hart. No, we love We, we are Carter yeah. Hart fans to the end. But it is a fair it is a fair question. You know, he was 24-13-3 this year. He he had a 9-1-4 save percentage and a 2-4-2 GAA. These are good numbers. These yeah. are good, solid. He is the goalie for, of the future for yes. this team. Agreed, 100%. His first Stanley Cup playoffs, we have to expect that there will be some rust. There, We have to expect that maybe he will struggle a little bit. And this is where guys like Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny, Scott Lawton, and Tra- uh, Kevin Hayes will need to step up in yeah. a big way. Yeah. We need to not take dumb penalties. We need to make sure that we're scoring three or four goals a game. We need to make sure that we are protecting our young goaltender so as to not hurt his confidence. Now, with all that being said, we don't know how he's going to do, and it's easy to chalk it up as he may struggle. But if you get the right card or heart for the playoffs, mm-hmm. this team is going far. This oh, yeah. team is could be going to the finish line for all we know. He's done it before. I mean, we, we've seen him in his early, early, early career, back when he was playing World Juniors and, and ECHL, all that stuff. We've seen him struggle in moments early on in his career. We saw him struggle in pressure moments. But as he went on, he just got better and better and better, more confident in these high-pressure situations. So... I agree with you. I think that there's going to be there's going to be hiccups for Carter Hart. There definitely will. And there may be some hiccups that and I'm not going to say that we're going if we lose it's going to be entirely his fault. No. But what I'm saying is that you know there may be some hiccups that he will learn from and in years in the future from now on postseasons he's going to fix them. He's his confidence will build. So my I guess what I'm trying to reassure Flyers fans right now is that if he does struggle, don't bury him. Exactly. Don't Calm kill, down. don't crucify the guy. He, give him a chance. Give him some time. He's young. He's a has a, an extreme amount of talent. He just needs to develop the confidence. Super intelligent. Exactly. He just needs to develop the confidence, and he he will get there. But to go back to your point about the bright lights, right? I relate everything back to MMA. Recently this year, January, a guy named Donald Cowboy Cerrone fought against Conor McGregor. I don't know if you remember it or at all. It was a very short fight. Conor ended him in the first round. A lot of non hardcore MMA fans were watching, and they bashed all over Cowboy. Donald Cowboy Cerrone has the record for the most wins, most finishes for a fighter in his weight class in the entire UFC history. The guy's a beast. But when he saw the bright lights, and he said it himself, something was different. 
He said he just didn't want to be there. There was something about the high-pressure situation that got to him and broke him down and ultimately resulted in him losing that fight. He's lost every major title fight that he's ever had because he can't handle the pressure. So my point is is that those bright lights, they make a difference. They make a huge difference. And that is when stars turn into legends. Carter Hart is a young star. Or when stars burn out. Mm-hmm. It goes one of two ways. And that is where we will leave you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, always with the cliffhangers. For the Fly Guys Podcast, my name is Justin Goodhart and Cameron Klein, of course, across from me. You can follow us on Twitter at GoodhartJustin and at CameronKlein15. Be sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Cameron, any last words before we before you have your date night? Nothing major. Uh, I, I wish Carter Hart the best. I have faith in my boy. I have faith in this team. I have faith in Elaine Vigneault. I see a Jack Adams Award. I see a possible Stanley Cup Award by the end of this summer. I cut, cut, just cut it right there. Be happy, be healthy, be safe, and as always, let's go Flyers.